growth requires more than capital. Why do we call it the cheat code? Nobody said growth had to be fair. Revenue solves everything. Welcome to the cheat code. What was our fastest path to revenue? We tend to like to do things the hard way. What's the cheat code? It's giving yourself an unfair advantage over the others. What is it that really works and how are we going to grow these organizations? That's our cheat code. Hey, welcome back. You are on the cheat code. Uh, great. Get, well, first and foremost, I should probably introduce my co- my guest co- uh, host for the day, uh, Mr. Sean Kester, joining us again as Mr. Wagner is on a plane somewhere in the in the Northwest with our friends from Stout Street. So, Sean, thanks for joining as always. Absolutely. Thanks for having me again. And uh, we're welcoming Megan Hoyer to the uh, podcast today. And I'm sure you know Megan from her multiple stints within B2B, obviously in a long and illustrious career over at Sears Decisions, really kind of one of the pillars of ABM there, over to Engageo, to Winning by Design, and now she is the CMO over at a group called Datos Insights. So Megan, first and foremost, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. So Megan's uh, cheat is actually probably my favorite topic in the world, and actually just got back from Dreamforce where I was checking out or checking in with my mentor. So I've kind of alluded to it already there, Megan, but like run us through just at a high level, you know, your cheat code and and we can kind of dive in from there. So um, you mentioned serious decisions and um, one of our co-founders there, Rajel, um, had a saying that I think makes sense on a lot of levels. And the saying was never lose alone. Now, that's kind of the reverse of thinking about winning together, but it's never lose alone. And when I think about the role of mentors and advocates throughout a person's career, in mine included, it's never let yourself get to a place where you're trying to deal with everything on your own. Because the fact of the matter is no one knows everything and we all need some help. We just need different kinds of help from time to time. So I I reflected back over the last couple of years on sort of the accidental mentorship, the formal mentorship, and then the mentorship that I'm now seeking to offer to others um, and that I'm receiving myself and how that's mm-hmm. changed over the course of my career and 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 also how the things that I've needed from it and can give to it change over the course of our career. So um, it's, it's kind of like you've got this career journey and you always want to have people coming along for the ride with you. It's just that occasionally you're going to want different people in the car. You know, there right. there are different passengers and, and different drivers that you're going to want at different points. So you you mentioned like kind of how you got started with mentorship or kind of fell into it and so on. Like I find actually a friend of mine put up a post this morning on LinkedIn about this explicit topic and why people don't do it more, right? Like, or they wait until they have like this acute need and then it's like, in my opinion, fairly cheesy, like. Someone's looking for a job and suddenly now they're, you know, taking every call in the world and, and looking for, you know, what can I do to help you? And they're really looking for, you know, it's a thinly veiled ask for help. Why do you think that is? Why why is this like such a skirted topic when when it can be so powerful? That's an interesting question. I think it's changing. I will say I noticed that our sort of Gen Z and millennial, you know, folks in the workforce now. I see them actively seeking formal and informal mentorship way more than previous generations. So right on. I love it. Um, I think for me earlier in my career, it was I didn't really know who to ask. 
I didn't know what to ask them. Like, what exactly is it you get a mentor to do? And sometimes it's just being afraid of admitting a weakness, like especially as you get further on in your career. It's if you want to go to somebody for help, it's basically saying there's something I'm not good at or there's something I'm unsure of or there's an opportunity that I don't know that I'll be successful on my own getting to. Mm -hmm. Can you help me? And asking for help for a lot of people is hard, I think, just in general. And that's kind of the don't lose alone, right? We actively said, if you have a deal that doesn't look like it's going to close, you've got a renewal that's not going to happen. Get your team, get you know executives, get whoever you can to come help you solve for that problem, um, and get to the outcome you want. Same thing with your career, you know. It's but it's hard to ask for that. You know, how many times does a salesperson get to? Uh, they said no before, then and, and they didn't even ask other people for ideas for help. Same thing with the rest of our career. Yeah, I think there's a self-importance like challenge there, kind of that imposter syndrome thing, where it's like why are they going to say yes to me if I ask for time? And like, I've found the exact opposite to be true. Like most people are really generous with their time. And, and, you know, I think most people want to help genuinely. Um, and so I think if you can get past, you know, both those barriers in terms of like challenging, challenging, you know, asking for help as well as like, will someone take time for little old me? Um, again, it's just so such a powerful lever to pull. Definitely. And and I think about, you know, how I got my first significant job, you know, sort of B2B job out of college. Um, so I kind of worked in another space for a year. Um, but when it was time for me to completely switch gears and get a grown up job, I went for help because I said, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to make a resume that takes my English major, journalism, limited, you know, working at a linen shop and, you know, selling yacht charters for Pete's sake. Like, how do I turn that into a real job? And I I made myself vulnerable and I went to a friend of mine's dad who was really, really good at what he did. And my friend had said, hey, you know, he's been willing to help a couple other people with their resume. I bet he'd be happy to help you. So I just said, okay, I need all the help I can get at this point because there's no way I'm making this transition without some coaching. And I gave him my resume and he said, you know, not only can I help you with your resume, but I actually need an editor. I need someone to come in and help go through all the consulting work that at that time Gartner in the early 90s was producing. Fun Mm. fact. Um, and, And I had never even thought that would be a thing. Right. Until somebody looked at my skill set and said, I need somebody who can write and who can edit and who is used to deadlines. I'd never thought of it that way. And he did. And I had a job. And that led to a great, you know, almost five year stint in Gartner Consulting, where I also found those skills could apply to consulting projects, same skills. Um, I did ultimately have to go back and get an MBA. But, you know, at that point, but I sure as heck got a huge opportunity. And that's just because I was like, I need help. And someone was willing to help me. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so uh, when I was at SalesLoft, our, our CEO, Kyle Porter, famously would preach that in a fast-growing startup and really any organization for that matter, you have to learn faster than your experiences. And so that was something that he would preach about at every single all hands. And I think that goes all the way from the CEO or executive level, all the way down to you know the, the entry-level person because things are going to move so fast that you can't wait until you have that experience to learn how to do it. Um, and I think there's a lot of different types of mentors for different scenarios and different things that you're trying to grow with. How would you kind of break down those different kind of categories of uh, uh, of mentors and and where they can help most? You know, whether it's 
um, you know, peer to peer or something um, from an executive level down, like if you're trying to level up. Well, I'll give you an, an example of, of one type of mentorship that managers can do. So I literally just got off a call with one of with my team um, and one of the members of my team is earlier in her career, but looking to step into an interesting role that would be a bit of a stretch in terms of her past experience. But she's proven herself in terms of every opportunity to learn something, try something and do it. She's proven herself. And so we thought, OK, let's you know, if you're interested, let's talk through, you know, what is going to be reasonable for you to take on and what's going to be too much of a stretch maybe for right now. Um, and then let's also look at your existing responsibilities and say, what do we need to shift around? Now, that's sort of um, that's having your and and I'm her boss's boss. We'll put it that way. So we are kind of all hands on deck thinking about how we need to sort it out. Now, my role in that as a mentor is helping her think about the things she likes to do that she's good at and balancing that with the things we need. So as a leader, as a manager, you can work with your people to not just say, this is the thing I need you to do, but to say, okay, across all the things we need to do, how do we align the work to be done with the people who like it most and are best at it and find ways for them to stretch into it? So it's our job as leaders to help people stretch to get past imposter syndrome. You're never going to have all the experience you need for the next job, but you can build it and you can get there. And that's what we're doing. So that's one type I would say is like your manager is your sort of first line of defense mentor wise. Mm -hmm. But that, that of course, is a person who's also responsible for your performance review. So you're maybe going to have different discussions with them. So, But it, it is a type of mentorship. And I encourage leaders to look at their team and think about that development. So that's one type. The next type is a mentor who is somebody from outside of your organization who is either in a role you respect or... Um, that you have a really good rapport with that is a, is a more senior professional who can help you think through how to deal with those kind you know with different kinds of situations that wouldn't be appropriate to bring to your boss and wouldn't be appropriate you know to talk about internally so it's it's and earlier in your career it's easier to find those people like you can definitely you know I work with a group called women in revenue they've got mentor programs set up there are all sorts of opportunities for that also, when you leave a job, if there's somebody that you really clicked with in terms of just appreciating how they did their work, how, you know, the knowledge they had, that's a person to keep in touch with as your external mentor. Um, and it could also be just somebody from, you know, like I had a, a friend and, you know, a friend's dad who turned out to be an amazing mentor in my career. They're all, you know, so those are different ways to get that external mentor. Later in your career, that gets a bit trickier. Um, because often things become more complicated and more confidential. So that's where you see a lot of um, more senior professionals. Instead of having a traditional external mentor, they go to a coach. You know, you get an executive coach. And and we had that as, you know, part of what we did at Sirius and Engageo. And I've got to say it was incredibly helpful as a senior executive to have a confidential sounding board for how to show up and be your best at work. And so earlier, you can do the external thing. Later, you kind of got to balance that with what thing, you know, what what needs to be under the cone of silence. And that was something that a company provided or is that something that like j just you individually sought out? So I was lucky that in both cases, the companies provided that to us to help us, you know, just grow as leaders. Um, but in many cases, people invest in that for themselves, or maybe you can ask for that as a as a perk, right? As a as a benefit of you know joining and saying, hey, if I'm going to step into an executive role and have all the support I need, I'm going to need a coach. 
um, because you don't want me, you know, speaking out of school with somebody who might might not keep it confidential. But that so that but that's kind of the site is like your external voice of reason. And you could have more than one of those, by the way. You can have somebody who helps you with kind of interpersonal or empathy and EQ related things. You ha- can have somebody who helps you with technical skills or other kinds of like professional skills. You can have someone who helps you with understanding the political chess game that is business. Um, different people may have different things to bring to you. Um, and you may just need somebody who's a cheerleader who's always going to be like, hey, you got this. You know, that's that's another right. type. And um, and that may not all be rolled up into the same person. And that's, you know, so that's something to think about, too, is who's who's that? You have a network of mentors and people around you that help you be better. And then the last type is it's kind of different than a mentor. It's an advocate. That's somebody who's going to help you get a promotion. So like what I was just doing with the person on my team and what I strive to do for others is be an advocate for them to get into their next role. And and advocates look different too. As you get more senior in your career at first, it could be you have a manager who really sees the potential that you have and will, you know, go and fight for you when the time comes to get promotions or get new roles or get bigger projects. Um, and then sometimes you want um, an advocate who's outside your organization who's going to help you, you know, get those roles to be a reference for you to help you identify opportunities, somebody who's really good at making connections. Um, so those, but but it's it's a more specific and direct kind of ask. Like you mentioned earlier, that veiled ask for a job. That's, you know, that's not what we're talking about. An advocate is somebody who just like wants to fight for you and wants to help you and lift you up and and will put their money where their mouth is. Yeah. So I think it's important to note that it's just not, it's not just getting one <clears throat> to your point. Yeah. Like you, you, it's not like I got a mentor now. Um, there's ones that are for tactical so ones that are more uh, ethereal for you know career overall. There's people that you want to grow into and have a career track like them that you just want to you know, hear about their experiences. And then there's ones that are super specific to maybe a scenario or an issue that you're going through at that current time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think you know the the term mentor tends to come with you know quite a bit of baggage. But it sounds like you know there's there. Yeah, I mean, is there a a kind of formal construct for what a mentor has to be, or is it you know kind of more fluid than that? I treat it as more fluid. I know there's a definition. It's like you will show up and you will have a lunch and you will cover these four things and you know you'll send them a Christmas present. Like you know, there's there's a whole laundry list of like the formal mentor things. But my experience has been, and this is maybe my my cheat, right? Is don't say no to that. But the most genuine mentors and the people who truly are committed to supporting you and helping you grow are going to come organically. They're not, they're, it's, you know, maybe you'll get really lucky in one of those situations and get matched with somebody who really ends up being that person. But it's going to start out kind of like stiff and awkward. And you may get something out of it following the script. But I would advise, you know, make your own luck in that department and seek those people out. And and you also don't have to say, well, can you commit to you know meeting with me monthly for forty five minutes? Like, it it doesn't work like that. I, maybe you wanted to, and that's fine if you want to try. But for me, I I think it's all a little bit more fluid. <laughs> yeah, I've had a mentor um, earlier in my career when I was changing roles from leading sales to running product, and we went to go find that person through one of our investors. And they ended up being so helpful that they, we brought them on as an advisor. So there was some equity component there and a paid component as well. So it did become structured. It started off as, you know, we'll talk, you know, there's there's something you have questions on, but then it became a weekly thing for I think about a year. 
uh, which added immense value, right? And they, and they continue to add value on the organization. To your point, though, I think it is more fluid than that. You know, that was one of those scenarios where it just kind of manifested into something that was more structured. But to that, you know, to that same point, there are times to bring in people for specific issues, right? Like if, if you're trying to grow and, and, and kind of mapped in uh, processes that have been done before. I think there's a critical value to it. And, that, and I would encourage people to go find those folks, like the very specific people, right? Instead of, you know, trying to put things out there and say, hey, this, I need an eight month tour. It's like, hey, I need your advice for your specific thing. And that's it. You know, maybe asking someone to be a mentor is a little bit of a tall order right out of the gate. If you right. know, neither one of you knows how the relationship's going to go, but it's, you know, kind of like, I'm not asking you to go steady. I'm just asking you to hang out with me once in a while and let's see how it goes. Right. Yeah, that that's a nice way to start. Have you ever seen mentorship go wrong? Are there other possible negatives? Oh, I've I've been pretty lucky. Um, I could see where if you end up working with a mentor who maybe has different um, ethical standards than you do, might encourage you to do things that you wouldn't feel comfortable with. And I think that's important to pick up on, like trust your gut. If you think the advice you're getting isn't probably the best for you. And I think, and everybody has a different comfort level too, in terms of, you know, what they want from their work-life balance, what they want from how, you know, how big a job they want to get to. Like if you have a mentor who's like, okay, we're going to get you to the corner office and the C-level and you're like, yeah, I don't think I really want that, you know, um, then maybe that person's not a match for you. And they're going to be disappointed that you aren't as ambitious for yourself as they are for you. Um, I could see that happen. Yeah, I, I, for it, but that's an interesting question. I think it's it's just got to be a match on both sides. Yeah, I think the um, the most successful mentor seeking folks that I've run across out there like have a really good understanding of their weaknesses, and some of that stuff is has not been organic as well. Like they've gone through you know a three sixty review or you know peer review activities, or they've kind of dug into where am I? You know, what do I want to do? which people are normally pretty good at identifying, but then they're less good at like kind of putting the pieces on like, why would I not get that role or goal or whatever it happens to be right now? Um, and so how do you, how do you suggest that people go like find those weaknesses and, and kind of align mentorship to those, those areas that they might be missing? Now, that's something um, that I've been working on, actually, for the last, you know, probably three years. It, it was kind of a, a happy part of the pandemic, for you know, which is horrible for everybody. But um, there was a bright spot in it for me, which was I took an opportunity to say, what do I want to be when I grow up? Like, I'd never really just said, I'm going to pause. I'm not going to just jump into the next job. I'm not going to do the next thing. I'm going to take some time to really think about what... I need to be doing with my time. And and when you think about, you know, how precious your time is with, you know, your family or with whatever other things you value in your life, like, okay, I'm out of balance right now. I need to figure out how to fix that balance. And I also really need to take a hard look and say, what am I good at? And what am I not so good at? And um, I ended up kind of accidentally finding an amazing network of mentors. Um, but it sort of shifted from mentoring where it was supposed to be me helping a group of women in career transitions, kind of like I was going through. So people sort of further along in their career, though some folks were sort of mid-career, others were were kind of saying, you know, what's my my more or less last act going to be? 
but still just a really interesting group of people who all were asking similar questions about what should my next step be. And and, um, and it was supposed to be two um, hour-long sessions just like talking about resources for finding new roles. And, and we went through like a bunch of personal assessment tools like, you know, your various personality type stuff and skills assessments and things like that. And it just ended up really working. But what was cool about it is even though it started out with, okay, Megan is our mentor through this, I was like, wait a minute, I'm learning more from you guys. Like, this is great. I mean, and we ended up shifting away from Megan's running meeting to we're just doing a mastermind group. So where it's everybody gets a seat at the table um, to say, here's something I'm challenged with. Here's something I'm working on. Here are two different offers I'm comparing. Whatever it was for that person at that moment. We all would just get together and it's it was monthly. We've kind of dropped off a bit, but I'm I'm hoping we'll reconvene soon. But it definitely worked well for whatever in the moment was our thing. We could go back to the group and somebody and often most people in the group would have really different and good advice for everybody else because they came at it from different angles. That was invaluable. I, that was something I, I that helped me so much in terms of thinking through what I wanted to do next and what I didn't want to do next. But it really, it it was a form of mentorship I hadn't thought about before, but it worked really well. So I would say, especially for, you know, people with more complex career requirements than people earlier in their career where you're, you're exploring things with more moving parts, <laughs> um, consider that mastermind group approach of, you know, getting different people together to talk and, but have some structure to it so that everybody gets their moment and everybody gets help on their challenge for that day. So everyone, and it just, it worked beautifully. And that was through women actually. Yeah. It's almost like a very <clears throat> less intimidating way to kind of get into a, a informal mentorship, right? Is, is having this hyper-focused community. Um, and there's a lot of these that exist professionally where you have hyper-focused, you know, peer groups of folks that are trying to, at same similar stages, with similar issues where you may not, everyone, not maybe not one individual knows the answer, but combined, you can likely get to something that's a uh, you know, better outcome. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that's that's the opportunity many of us don't take. But that was some of the best time I spent, you know, over the last three years I was was with that group. Right. Just, just tactically there, what? how did you get like assemble that group? Were, were those just folks that you kind of knew were in a space that was going to be helpful or just because I feel like that's oftentimes like getting started in this process is always like that big hurdle that seems so insurmountable. So like what would it add just like what were the steps that you went through there? Yeah. So um, this is a it's a program that Women in Revenue runs. So okay. they put together groups of people that they did the, who self-identify as having a particular thing that they're working on. So at some point, all of us took the box of we're, you know, in transition, thinking about our next step, would love to talk with others who are doing that. And it happened to be that I knew one of the people in the group already. So that was nice to have and, and had always really enjoyed working with her as a client. Like she'd been a longtime client of mine. Um, but the other people were completely new, but we'd sort of had, you know, overlapping, you know, sort of B2B oriented um, roles. So it was, you know, there was some common ground built in, but the women in revenue sort of matched us up based on our expressed interest. So that was a nice way to do it. It was sort of somebody else saying, hmm. I think this group, but it's a person doing it. It's not like, you know, it's a, mm -hmm. somebody saying, I think this group's going to work. But then um, as a team, we just continued to pick dates. Like at the end of each of our sessions, we would pick the date for the next session. And and we just proceeded informally from there and, and sent, you know, good old fashioned calendar invites. So 
it was nice to have someone help us meet each other in the beginning. But I think you could do that informally just by listening. And and there are also a lot of, like you said, Sean, like hyper-focused peer groups that you can look at and see, gee, it seems like this person has the same kind of challenge that I do. I would love to you know, I, I reach out and see if you can set something up or if they know anybody and you know somebody else with a similar challenge, there's your group. And then you just reminded me too, there's another kind of semi-structured networking and mentoring that happens from the private equity group that um, we have at um, at Dados. They have roundtables for all of the leaders of different functions. So CMOs, CROs, CEOs, and that's great. Like that's because, you know, we've all been picked by the private equity firm for the type of business according to their investment thesis. So there are some commonalities kind of baked into the things that we're working on. But everybody comes at it from a different perspective and experience level and geography and everything else. So that's just been great. And and that's also kind of a way that it's nice that we were all matched that way. But now we've kind of taken it in our own direction and we choose the topics we want to cover, the speakers we want to bring in. You know, and that's that's become also a nice kind of organic, but we were matched a different way. So if you've got investors, you know, that's always a, a way to tap into it. They may know other people. Yeah, we've had Lauren on the show. And I mean, like that, if anyone's listening, that, you know, woman in B2B, you know, just in general, B2B, like sounds like an awesome resource and, and, and networking to your point. Like if you can get someone who has that bit of insight and says like, hey, I think these people are going to work really well together. But then, you know, if those folks are leaning in and, and engaged, I think that's kind of where that magic happens. The cheat I didn't know I needed. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of like looking back on these different types of mentors that you've had over your career, do you have a singular best piece of advice that you've ever gotten from a mentor or like the most impactful that came out of a mentorship? I would say it's not maybe a specific piece of advice as it is kind of to your earlier point about imposter syndrome. Having somebody who believes in you and sort of your inherent abilities just as a person and just trusting them. Like if they see something that you don't see, it's probably just hard for you to see. You know, it's always hard for us to see what other people see in us, especially good things, right? We're all hard on ourselves. But when I think back, especially earlier in my career, to your point about, you know, if you're in startup land and you know, in some of the really high growth companies I was in, you could have argued I had no business doing any of the things that I was doing at that point. <laughs> but someone needed to do it. And there were people there who were like, no, you've got this. Like, here's some coaching. Here's some suggestions. Here's some tips. But go. Like, just do this. Mm-hmm. There's no reason you can't. And just that, like, unwavering faith made me like, okay, failure is not an option. Like, I'm not going to let this person down. They just trusted me with this amazing project. Like, I'm going to make it go. And I think it's just that general sense of having somebody who believes in you. We all need it. You know, we need it in our personal lives. We need it in our professional lives. And I, I have been very lucky to have a few of those people who, you know, didn't let me not have faith that I could do it. And I didn't mm-hmm. want to let them down in return. And that was a pretty nice way to, you know, to start on the path to feeling like I actually knew what I was talking about at a certain point. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's sort of critical of just a trait of a good leader, right, is to empower those, your folks. Um, and I think most people would be lying if they said they didn't have imposter syndrome, you know, from the, the very entry level all the way to the top, right? And I think the thing that, you know, for me personally, you know, one of my mentors and 
So our leader that just turned into a mentor was that, you know, they, to your point of just giving you a project and just saying, Hey, I think you're the only person that can do this. Right. And like that in itself is just like, okay, well, they've got the confidence in me to do this. I'm going to go figure this out. Right. And the other piece is, is also admitting when you don't know things, but being confident that you can go figure it out. And I think that's an, a trait in a person that, you know, that's a lesson a mentor shared with me. It's like, it's okay to tell other people you don't know what you're doing, but you just got to be the best at going to figure it out. Right. So to your point, it's like, is, is having that, just that voice in your head or, you know, the physical voice that says, you know, you, you know what you're doing, you can go figure this out and you can lean on them with any issues that you have. I think that's a, a very good trait of a mentor. And so, you know, my advice would be for anyone on, on any levels to, to go find someone like that, right? Or, and it doesn't have to be structured. It doesn't have to be, you know, something that you, you meet on a regular cadence, but, you know, having that, that, that sounding board is, is critically important. And so Megan, do you, find that you actively seek out like kind of now that you're you know in a more mature area in your career do you do you seek out kind of paying that forward or like how do you find that people approach you and and you know those relationships that you know where you graduated to that that mentor stage i've made it a mission of late to pay it forward i just i i feel like you know i i've really reflected on the people who have helped me and i really want to be that person for other people now so I, I find that it works in a couple of ways. One is I really do want my team that I have today to be successful. They're great people. They have great skills and they're just lovely humans. And I want to help them as much as I can. So I'm trying to really concentrate on ways like so in my actual job, I'm it's it's a mentorship in that I'm I'm doing spending more time thinking about what are the things that they want to grow into and how can I help them get there? Um, so that's one way. The other way is kind of back to that idea of as a you know mid or later career professional, a lot of people are having to make moves and changes. And the job market right now is tricky to say the least. And I do have a number of people who've reached out and said, hey, I'm thinking about making a change. Do you have any ideas for me? And I, I, I've just loved being able to have conversations and thinking about, well, here's the things that I think you're really amazing at and that I don't see you know, as you know, I see an opportunity in companies to do this or a way to position your skills or to think about your resume, maybe in a way that you didn't. And, you know, the call may have started like, hey, who do you know that I can hit up for a job? But it often ends up being some coaching around. These are the things I see in you. And that I, you know, if it was someone that worked for me or with me, I can say, hey, here's what I experienced with you when we work together. And I really want you to make sure you highlight that in your experience. And and this is, you know, these are the kinds of people who may have an interest in in you and what you do. And then I make those introductions where I can. And when I think about, you know, when I was starting to make a shift, all the people who were willing to do that for me, I mean, I can't, you know, the only way to pay them back is to do it myself and for others. And just to encourage, you know, people that are curious about, you know, hey, what are some ideas you have based on my skill set, based on, you know, the things that I like doing? What are some things I could do with that? That's a role I'm delighted to play. And if I've helped anybody in doing it, I'm very glad. What advice do you give to those who want to be mentors and maybe don't know where to start, right? So they, they've got the desire to be a mentor, but there's not maybe people lining up to ask for their mentorship. Uh, you know, where should they start looking or where can they start investing their time? Uh, that, um, I think, Probably a couple of places. I mean, one would be going to mentor organizations. If you want to start with something a little bit more formal and get matched with someone that maybe you don't know, 
then I think mm-hmm. certainly work through any, you know, professional organizations or other, you know, things like women in revenue where they actually want, they're like, please sign up to be a mentor. Um, we'll have to advance you with somebody. So there's that. Um, in your company, some companies do also have that matchmaking kind of capability. If you say, this is an area that I'd like to to work in, but you, and if you want to work with somebody who's not directly on your team to have, you know, more of that outside mentoring. Um, or even just talking to your, you know, HR person to say, I'd really like to, you know, build my skills as a mentor. And is there anyone that you'd recommend I work with? Um, or even going to other leaders within the organization and saying, hey, is there anyone on your team that you think would benefit from working with me as a mentor? So that's, you know, kind of keeping it close to home. I would say, you know, I'm also at the point in my life where um, a lot of my friends and former colleagues' kids are starting to get into the workforce. So, you know, if there are those opportunities, if, if say a friend comes to you, hey, you know, my kid's looking to be a marketer. I've had that happen. Like, I'm like, oh, I'd love to talk to them. Um, so that can turn into advocate or mentor relationships where you're trying to help people who are early in their career. And that's a little bit closer to home. And that was you know, some of the luck that I had early on. So I'm happy to pay it forward myself that way. But that's also maybe a nice way for people to get started, especially if it's someone you've known and you're like, this is a great person. Like, I would love to help them, you know, build their professional skills if they're doing something in your area. And then I think just in general, you know, as as you meet people throughout your professional life, um, if you, you know, leave a job and there's somebody there that you were like, wow, I really want to keep in touch, do, you know, just those are all ways, I think, to start on that journey. And, you know, sometimes it'll work and sometimes it won't. But but I would just say to anyone who's interested in being a mentor, please do it because you could change someone's life. And it's, you know, in in a meaningful way and feel really good about that. And and you may not realize how much you need that. Yeah, I think, you know, the two things that come out of that for me that are most important is like setting aside time to, to do this, right? Like just to have conversations. Not everyone is going to turn into a mentorship, certainly, but on both sides of the coin, just like, hey, on a weekly basis and certainly on a, on a monthly basis, like, do I just have time to catch up with with people within my network, make new introductions and, and kind of open those those new channels? And then the other thing that you mentioned that's hypercritical is like, if you're going to make a connection or, or you know, provide that bridge to a relationship, make sure it's one that that is relevant and is going to mean something to that person, right? Like we've all had terrible, you know, introductions where you're like, ah, oh, I wish that wouldn't have happened. Right. Like, uh, but like really being known for, for, you know, being a connector of people is, is I think one of the best skill sets and, and, and traits to have out there. So in that vein, Megan, if people want to connect with you, where should they go? What's the best channel to, to reach out? Oh, I'm super easy to find on LinkedIn and, you know, just mentioned that this is how you, you know, found my name and, and I'm happy to connect and happy to help. Awesome. Well, Megan, thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Um, again, uh, if you want to check out what Megan's up to these days, you can go over to Datos Insights or certainly connect with her on LinkedIn. Great conversation. Love the topic. Again, like one of my absolute favorites. Uh, and if you are not yet subscribed, please do so. Hit that little like, subscribe button, share us with your network. New podcast, Getting Started, always helps us out. Sean, thanks for joining us. I'm the guest host. Megan, thanks so much for your time. Really great topic and very much appreciated.